Can we lift our hands and just appreciate the Spirit of God one more time? Can lift your voice and appreciate Him. Appreciate the Spirit of God. Appreciate the Spirit of God. Appreciate the Spirit of God. Appreciate you. Blessed be your name. Give you glory. We exalt you. We exalt you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, blessed be your name, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Oh, I can hear you. I've told you about conversation in church. You remember I told you that? In Jesus' mighty name. You want to go around and let's welcome ourselves to the house of the Lord. Welcome three, four, five people. Welcome them. Tell them that they are welcome into the service. Welcome them into the service. Welcome them to the service. What a blessing. Can we clap our hands and celebrate Jesus? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's have our seat, glory of God. Father, we thank you once again for the privilege to be in your presence. We come at this time to your holy hands. You are the teacher. Teach us your word. Once have you spoken, but twice have we heard that all power belongs to you. Cause us to hear you, not the voice of any man. Open the eyes of our understanding. Let a revelation drop in our spirit that will completely change something about us and draw our hearts deeper and deeper into you. And I mean, they could have helped the prayer. Open the eyes of our understanding. That we may behold the wondrous things in thy word. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father we thank you. 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 In Jesus mighty name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Alright so Sunday we started a teaching 
um, the Holy Spirit and Lord of the Harvest. And we are continuing today. Amen. Just in five minutes, let me just recap quickly. We were told by the help of the Spirit from the book of Luke 24, 49, Acts 1, 8. Luke 24, 49, Jesus Christ says, Tarry in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. And this is said after he had given instructions to them in Matthew 28, 16 down. Mark 16, 16 down. When he said they should go into the world and preach the gospel. But in Luke 24, 49, he said to them that, but you will tarry in Jerusalem and you are clothed with power from on high or you are endued with power from on high. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus Christ said there that you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says, and how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and with power. And we came to understand that to be anointed means to be rubbed on. So God rubbed Jesus Christ. God rubbed on Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit and power. Luke 4 verse 1 says, and he returned in the Spirit or he feel that the spirit was led into the wilderness he, he being filled the holy spirit was led into the wilderness or returned from jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness verse 14 says and he returned the power of the spirit verse number 18 down he says when he read the scroll he repeated what's in isaiah 61 verse 1 to 4 when he said the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor the spirit of the lord is upon me and this scripture goes to let us understand that even Jesus Christ did not do ministry without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And so if we're going to do successive ministry, we must be empowered by the Spirit. When we talk about ministry, ministry is not starting a church. Ministry is not starting an organization. But in, in Ephesians 4 and verse number 11, let's go there. Ephesians 4 verse number 11. Ephesians 4 verse number 11. I hope you're writing notes. Ephesians 4 verse number 11 says and he himself gave some to be apostles prophets go down to verse number 12 verse 12 please for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry from this scripture it tells you clearly the ministry is done by the saints and so the reason you are being taught this Thursday you've been been taught on Sunday you've been coming to teachings the pastors are teaching you the bishop is teaching you is because these teachings are to equip you sitting on the pew to do the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is not waiting for clerical. You're not waiting to be ordained as a pastor before you do ministry. Every believer has been called to do ministry. And so coming to church and being taught by the fivefold ministry is to equip you and I to do ministry. Praise the name of Jesus. Oh, I can't hear you. Hallelujah. Don't forget instructions when you are given. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so you are designed to do ministry. And so you cannot do ministry without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we read those scriptures. Even Jesus Christ did not do ministry on earth without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And um, he did that to show us an example that every man must be empowered by the Holy Ghost to do ministry. And um, we came to understand that it's important to know that the Lord will not require of us success in a work he has not equipped us for. God will never demand success for any work that he has given you until he has equipped you. 
He's the Lord of the harvest. Therefore, anything needed to bring in the harvest, he has provided. God has given us his spirit, the Holy Spirit, for the success of this work. It is therefore important for us to talk about him, know him, know how he works, know how we can walk with him and work with him. And that's the reason for this message. Hallelujah. And we came to understand who the Holy Spirit is. We said he's God. He's not a wind. He's God. He's the third person of the Godhead as recorded in Matthew chapter number 28, 19. So he shall baptize them in the name of the Father, the, the, the Son, and the Spirit. So from that scripture, he's mentioned third. But interestingly, when you read the Genesis, book of Genesis, the first mention in the Godhead was the Holy Ghost. Chapter 1 verse 1 says, And God, Elohim, plural God, made the heavens and the earth. The first person mentioned, he said, And the Spirit of God moved over the surface of, 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 the, of the deep. Verse 3 says, And then God said. So you see that, that happening there. But we talk about him being the third person mentioned the God because of Matthew 28, 19. Jesus calls him the comforter, the helper. We read that from the book of John 14, 16 to 18, the amplified version amplified that scripture for us. He was known by the early church as a fulfillment of the promise of Jesus Christ of the Father. In Joel 2 28, he says that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. Hallelujah. He gave that promise, and by Acts chapter number 2, that promise is fulfilled and is mentioned there. He is the presence of the Godhead. In fact, he is the heir of Godhead. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He indwells the new creation. He is the Lord of the harvests. What is he not? He is not a wind. He is not a fire. He is not a dove. He is not a falling down. Praise God. And we, we got to know all of that and we came to understand that you don't, you don't, certify or verify the presence of the holy spirit in the meeting by how many that fall down because his ways are dynamic his ways are beyond our understanding as the heavens are far from the earth so the ways of the spirit are far from the natural man the ways of the spirit are very different very very different today he can move and everybody will fall down Tomorrow you move everybody standing. He can move. People will cry. Sometimes people will not cry. So if, if you judge his presence by the aftermaths of his move, you make a mistake. You must understand that when the Bible says, for where two or three are gathered my name, I the Lord am there. His word says I'm there. That is enough for you to know that. The purpose of the presence of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit in and with the saint is not for the saint. So the Spirit of God is not in the life of the saint for the saint. He's in the life of the saint for kingdom agenda. That's why the Holy Spirit is there in us. He's here in the saint to dispense the life of God and invade the world with the kingdom life and culture. And that, that goes to say that a believer cannot have a secular life and a sacred life. Your life is one. You don't have a secular life. The word secular, the word secular simply means two things. It means minus God. 
Number two, secular means that whatever your beliefs are, keep it private. Don't bring it open. So if you open your mouth as a saint and say that, let's push spirituality aside. Let's say this is business. You just put God aside. It means whatever you do is not of God. If it's not of God, then it's sin. Are you with me? Secular. Secular means minus God. That's secular. Secular means that we don't need God here. Let's use our mind for this one. And the first time secularism was shown in the scriptures in Genesis chapter number 11, God came and scattered. So anytime secularism becomes the lifestyle of a people, there's a scattering. They never achieve anything. Why? Because Romans chapter 8 says that <laughs> that there's an enmity between carnality and the spirit. So carnality or anything without the spirit or outside the spirit is an enemy of God. So when you open your mouth and say that this is business, let's put it aside, let's put God aside. You have become an enemy. Don't talk the way the world talks. You are sacred. Whether in career or off career. You are sacred. You are holy. You are set aside for God. And the spirit of God is in our lives. To invade the system with the God culture. So the reason why a believer full of the spirit will need a supervisor to watch his diligence at work is because you think that there are two lives sacred and secular and I think I've told you before that promotion as the Bible says does not come from the south nor the east nor the west but it talks about it comes from above it comes from above so it means that your appraisal at work it's not the one that your boss instructed. <laughs> because what your boss instructs your colleagues to appraise you of is what they see that they will write down. So you come to work at 6.30 a.m. You leave at 9. But the actual work you do, only when God knows that the work you really do for the company is between 3 and 5. The rest is downloading and watching things. So your colleagues say, no, this guy is very diligent. And then you are praised. And you score 95. But the promotion is delayed. Why? Because just as we receive tight on earth. And it's received in heaven. The same way. When they were praising, heaven was already appraising you. And from heaven's headquarters, administrative center, you are not approved for promotion. So your boss is not inspired he doesn't understand why he doesn't promote you. He doesn't understand why he's not increasing your pay. It's because you're the real master, the CEO, <laughs> not of your job, of your life. When he appraised you by the month, you failed. You had 30 over 100. You don't deserve promotion. But there are times that men will appraise you downwards. But God who see it in secret sees the diligence and the sacrifice of your work and then God scores you 95 percent 
your boss won't understand. He will promote you. Your colleagues will be angry. But he's called 30. Why they promote him? Because if there's a prince of Persia, it means there's a king of Persia. If that's the situation, then it means that there's a CEO of your company and there's a CEO of your company. There's another person who is heading that company, not your boss. It's God. So if you don't come to a point to understand that you don't have a double life. You have one life, sacred life. And that the spirit of God is in you and I to dispense the life of God and invade the world with the kingdom life and culture. Mm. Are you here? You might look so pastoral. All of us, you know that this guy, this guy will be the person who head our church in Dubai. God says no. We say yes, God says no. He's not what you are seeing. He's worse than that. Are you with me? Then God will give you a long rope. My son, repent. 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 You repent. Then one day, psh, he opens you up. And that is it. Hallelujah. One thing that scares me is the fact that God is watching me. That's what scares me. I could look pious on the outside. Oh, brother, brother Aben, how are you, sir? Has everything, sir? Oh, brother Ro, brother Ro, you're such a blessing to this community. Oh, brother Epa, oh, and I, when anytime I hear your name, I just sense God around me. Yes. Then the guy says, Ah, Pastor Zach, that man is so much in the spirit. Eh? Holy Ghost, say who? Say, Pastor Zach, forget that guy. He's fake. That's what scares me. Men only see on the outside, but he has the proper picture of everybody. Ah, will you guys? Oh, no, I mean, if we get this stuff from Pastor Bassi, his life, I mean, the man will be very happy. I'm very happy. God said, But this sister, she's very diligent. She comes on time, she sweeps the church. God said, Forget it. She's a prostitute. But we don't know. Do you wonder why God never reveals your secrets? To your pastors it tells you how much god loves you he's giving you room the spirit of god is praying in us to dispense we were told on sunday that evangelism is not just talking it's living it's living not talking it's living it the talking is there the living too is there when the <laughs> when the Talking doesn't agree with the living. And people backslide because of your living. Okay, so they come because of your talking. That's your proclamation of Christ. But when they come to you, your living is contrary to your proclamation. Getting them back into the faith is, is difficult. Have you realized that? So difficult. I was reading something on church history. There are some things that if you read about the, the church in the past, you understand why the Akadites are killing Christians. Because we started it. We started it. When the Catholic Church came out of the Crusaders, entered and killed Muslims like dogs. 
And when they were done, they went to the, the cathedral for Thanksgiving service. Slaughtered them. In fact, it was said that the way they slaughtered them, when they were walking, it's like a pool of blood. And they were rejoicing for the killing of infidels. When you don't know your past, you will defend your present. Go and check your past. People have made errors with the scriptures. That's why the Holy Spirit is important. We'll come to the points for today. You see it. Don't just, don't go and cut Rema from somewhere and come and share. Let the Spirit of God teach you. See, when Rema comes by the Spirit, it's consistent with scripture from Old Testament, New Testament, and then in Christ's preachings. There is no error in it. It's consistent. Don't be in a haste. When God opens your eyes to something, wait, wait, wait. He has not finished teaching you. Relax. Let him expound the other aspect of the scripture to you before you talk. When you go on Facebook, all manner of rima. No. Most of the things written there are simply psychology. They are simply human beings reasoning and then finding scriptures to attach to it. Hallelujah. You have one life. You are sacred. Whether it's in the morning or afternoon or evening, you have what? One. Don't ever make that statement. Master, Master, put the prayer aside. This is business. Who told you? It's because of the understanding we have of spirituality. It is not a pious look. It's not looking prayerful. You can look prayerful and very pitiful. There are many who look very prayerful, but they are not. They are corporately prayerful but privately bankrupt. Hallelujah. What does he do? In, what does Holy Ghost do in you? So we want to look at what does he do in, with, and through the saints. So let's look at the in. In. What does the Holy Spirit, what does he do in me? Number one, he bets in the saints a desire, a will, and passion for the harvest remember that we are talking about the holy spirit in relation to the harvest so he bets in the saints the desire the will and passion for the harvest philippians 2 13 for it is god who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure and you know that soul winning is the pleasure of God. Are you here with me? Are you here with me? Don't be quiet on me. Are you here with me? In Haggai chapter 1 verse 14. I'm sure you've not read that, that book in a long time. But let's read it together. Haggai 1 14. How many of you have read Haggai recently? <laughs> Our New Testament is right after Acts of the Apostles. Before you come to Romans, it is right there. For it is God, hey, Master, Haggai 1, verse 14. Hey, so the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shetiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak. These are names for your children, they're very nice names. The high priest and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and 
and wait on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. Father, stir up the hearts of your people in this house. God stirred up the heart from the high priest to the least. He stirred up their heart to build the house of God. Until there's a stirring in our hearts by the Spirit of God, we will never be passionate about the things of God. <laughs> Before the Holy Ghost came, Brother Peter ran away from the work. He denied it. But when the Holy Ghost came upon him, <laughs> he stood there and defended the work. People of God, even it was time for him to, to, be, to be retired and then nail the cross. He said, eh, No, no, you can't nail me like that. My master was nailing, so me put me upside down. I don't, I'm not worthy to die like me, my master died. Turn me upside down and kill me. Do you understand? If there is no passion or desire in our hearts for the work of God, it means that we lack staring. Staring by who? The Holy Spirit. Stare in my heart. Stare in my heart. The love has gone cold. The Holy Spirit. You realize that sometimes nothing about God's work moves you. You just realize it. That even when you move yourself after some few, you, you give up. There's no stand. When the Spirit of God is the one staring in you on a constant basis, there is a constant desire to see God's house being built. When the building of God's house does not matter to you, it means that your spiritual stimuli are off. You are, you are off. Do so, it's gone. You need a staring. That's the only thing that happens. Anytime the Holy Ghost comes upon a person, he has a passion for the things of God. I tell you, people of God, this one is not, don't, don't try to rationalize it. It's as simple as that. When it says staring, you'll be eager for the things of God. You will choose the things of God as against what will make you happy. Why? When they say staring your spirit man for the things of God. Even when men offend you in church, you come to church. Because not because they are coming. There's a staring. There's a staring. There's a staring in your spirit man. When God moves, people of God, when you take time to read Ezra, you, you realize that this was a staring. <laughs> when you read Nehemiah, you realize it was a staring. When the Tobias and the Sabalats were talking plenty, they were not moved. They were still building. They wrote letter twice to stop them. They were still building. When there's a staring, nothing stops you from working. But when there's no staring, any small thing you give up. And that staring is by the Holy Spirit. That's what Christ said. Wait, wait, wait. Because when you are endued with power from on high, even when you are hungry, your dreams brings you assignment. But when there's no staring, ah, no, 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 no. No amount of talk on the altar will change you. So you can say we can stand here. Oh, kingdom workers, be serious. You are not serious. You know why? There's no staring. There's no staring. There's no staring. He said, this one is from scriptures, not from Isaiah. Do you understand? If there's any time I feel tired about God's work, I check my Holy Ghost staring gauge. I realize it is low. I must go back to him. Spirit of God, I beg you. Stare me up. Stare me up. Stare me up. Stare me up. You come to church. Nothing about church moves you. Don't you realize it was God's own plan that in the bigger universal church, there's a local church. So actually, <laughs> people of God, just as we have head of Osha, 
a special place. There's an angel. What I'm telling right now is by inspiration. It's a prophetic inspiration I'm telling right now. I've not heard it before. Listen. Jesus is the chief usher in this church. There's an angel in charge of all the ushering departments in the body of Christ. That marks your diligence. Just as we have a local church choir in the body of Christ, there's an angel in charge of all those in music that marks. <laughs> and every now and then, sorry, every now and then, he brings a reward. You understand? So you come to church, you are in the choir, your boss shouts for you, Pa, you have left. The angel says, Where are you living to? You need to understand, something of God. This thing about the body of Christ is not an organizational. It's an organism. A living organism that has the life of God in it. Everything we are doing, Charlie, forget that thing you see with your natural eyes. Forget it. There is an angel in charge of all local church resident pastors that has a report. Don't you know that on the day of judgment, I have told you before by the scriptures, the sinners will not stand to be judged. They've already been judged. But the saints will stand and books shall be opened. Books shall be opened. Books shall be opened. And in every book, everyone has his own book. Didn't you hear what the prophet David said concerning Jesus Christ? He said, my members are written in thy book. My members are written in thy book. So there's a book that has my name. God has a name for me. If, <laughs> if as a parent, I did not hear from God, I will give a different name. But God has a real name. That book has that name. So on that day, God will open that book. I am sure it's still Isaiah. And when they open it, my profile is there. Who was meant to be my father, my mother, the content I was supposed to be in, what I was supposed to do, the school I was supposed to go. I was supposed to have PhD at 21 and I did not. I was supposed to marry at 24. I did not. They check all of that. Okay, it's okay. Let's, let's, let's look at your deeds now. Let's look at your deeds. And they start checking the deeds. There was a time you were an evangelism member. How many souls did you win? How were you diligent? You moved from being a chorister. How diligent were you? You became this. How did you? They will mark everything. Now, based on the assessment, then to tell whether you receive a, a, a quality, quality crown, a crown with some things on it. Jesus Christ said in the Gospels, it says, there shall be nothing of teeth. There's another one worse than hell. It's regrets that I could have done better and I did not. So don't, don't see this. You see, I have this understanding by the help of God. That is why there are some of you in church. When you are like about God's work, because you think it's pastor. So when your pastor is around, you are smiling and working. When he's not around, you are frowning. You don't understand. I'm not the resident pastor. I'm not. Bishop is not the bishop of the church. You don't know. <laughs> There's a general overseer whose eye sees us beyond here. So when you and I sit down somewhere, and we carry the church and begin to talk about it. The angels are marking. Have you not seen that funny video I put on my Instagram page? Oh, have you not seen that video? I was sent to the church page. Oh, I think you have seen it. The one that the lady was asking for school fees and was lying. 
Even the devil was shocked. The devil was shocked that, uh, wait a minute, you are lying. So much the devil even shouted, Lord of Jesus. The part I'm bringing out here, there was a portion, one lady was lying, they were a, a committee of demons writing notes of what she was saying. Let me tell you something. May God open her eyes to understand that when you are around, you are not alone. No. How come you are tempted? There are angels. <laughs> there are lying spirits around. All around you. So the same way, when you are not diligent, they are marking. This one is marking. Yeah, this guy is increasing liabilities. Really appreciate what he's doing. What? 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 Angels are saying, Charlie, this guy, we are losing him. Don't see things with your natural eyes. When you are told to come and leave praise and worship here, you must understand that your angel is excited that you are coming to the praise and worship. He's excited. Huh? But you see, because we don't know these things, we do things naturally. Eh? The one head in your department, you are 10 years older than him or her. And your mind, you don't realize in the book of Isaiah, he said that a baby shall lead them. It's not by age, it's by appointment and equipment. Huh? Hallelujah. Saul was on the throne by the records of God. It was David, not him. Oh. Lord, stir me, Holy Spirit, stir me unto good works. Stir me unto good oh, stir me, Holy Spirit. Didn't you realize I got born again? I received the Holy Ghost. See how you are so diligent in church. How come that you are so matured now? You no, you longer stayed. In your mind, you are mature. You're not mature, you are dying. You understand me? Haven't you realized that? What we do even as pastors, when we give our life to Christ. Hey. You can't wait for sex. You iron your things a day before. How many of you have that testimony? You did that before. You couldn't wait to go to church. You couldn't wait. It wasn't about even who you're going to see. Just the fact that you are going to church. You are so excited. How come that now you have matured? You are no longer excited. You are dying. It's not, it's not, it's not growth. Anna. Oh. Hallelujah. How come? That, okay, okay. When you were young, you liked food, but you have mature now. You don't like food, so you don't eat. Are you not dying? As you grow, you now begin to have variety, and you begin to choose when and where to take it. Your, your appetite doesn't die; it grows. So how come? I want to understand it. How come you and I, when we get born again, there's this joy in our hearts? We can't wait to be in church. You know, sometimes when we're born again, fresh, you back church now. There's praise and worshiper. We dance. Oh. Oh, we dance. Yeah. When we mature, we don't dance. Mature. That's a pastor I am. I've come to church. Service should start at 6.30. And at 6.20, the chairs are not clean. And I'm here. Where are they? What is my hand doing? What is my hand doing? In God's archives, I am a Christian before a pastor. Get those hands to work. When you are done, they come, you fire them. But nobody has come, so you're not sitting. I'm waiting for them to come. You don't come, you'll see what I'll do to them. And then you're walking around because you're mature, you're a pastor. You don't realize in the kingdom, when you're ordained, you increase in slavery. 
You don't receive liberation. Hello. Am I communicating the spirit unto us? They're staring. No, this is what the apostles saw in chapter 4 of Acts. They say, Holy Ghost, one more time, please. Because the way these guys are trusting us, our fire is, is going down. Fresh one, Holy Ghost. Fresh one. Fresh one. When they were down, the Bible said, and the place shook and with great boldness. They were worse in positive terms. Worse than when they were beaten. <laughs> they became more dangerous. Pastor So now when the Holy Ghost communicates, eh, I feel sad. Because he's the only one that reveals your true identity to you. So when he does not, when you don't allow him to talk to you, you think you are anointed. But the rest of the spirit, you are so dry. Oh, because your tongue syllables has changed. Forget that one. Forget it. The father is speaking French. Let me stay in, in France. You're in Ghana. You can be speaking French in Ghana, but you're not in France. Say, Holy Spirit, stare me once again. I think it should be a daily prayer, right? It should be a daily prayer. It should be a daily prayer. Are you still with me here? God stared them. God stared them. Look, some of will come to church. Hey, make sure you bring your soul on Sunday. Yes, sir, we will do it to the glory of God. It's not by power, not by might. It's by the Spirit. If he does not stare us, we'll be saying yes and be unfaithful. What is unfaithfulness? When you say yes and you don't do yes. Hallelujah. He bets, number two, he bets in the saints. The same hearts the father has for the lost. If Isaiah, I don't feel anything in my heart for the lost, I am lost. It means I'm, I'm not behaving like my father. Something is wrong with me. That I see somebody smoking weed. And I'm rather insulting the guy. And saying how crazy and mad. And talking about how Ghanaian youths are irresponsible. He, no. What is the father's state of the heart? We have state of the nation address. What is the state of the father's heart concerning that soul? My reaction to a soul tells me how much of the father's heart is operating in me. And that is bad. His Holy Spirit abets. Haven't you realized that when you spend time with the Holy Ghost and you come out and you see sinners, your heart breaks. Have you realized that? Have you noticed that? Yeah. Yeah. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. God so loved the world. He so loved the world. He so, not he loved the world, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever Luke 19, the son said I did not come to destroy but I came to seek and save the lost. See the father's attitude? He so loved. The son, he came to seek. It means he's searching. Going through the bush, cutting things, searching to find the lost. <laughs> If the father has this heart, the son has this heart, would the Holy Spirit have a different one? And so, if the Holy Spirit is inside of you, He will bet in you that same father passion 
for the lost. Before the Holy Spirit came upon disciples, those guys, they are no compassion. In Luke 9, verse 51 56, we read that story there. <laughs> Jesus Christ went to a certain place. He longed to go to Samaria. They didn't receive him. Take us there. Let's read that story. Let's read that story. Are you still here with me? Say, Lord, stay in me. A holy passion. For the Son of Man did not come. What verse, what verse is that? 51. 51, sir. Let's read 51. Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and send messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered the village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. So because they offended. He didn't come to us and find a way. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven? Consume these guys. Just as Elijah did. People of God. They didn't say, no, go back, sir. They didn't say, Jesus, you command. They say, do you want us? It means the power he gave them in chapter 9, chapter 10, there's still some there. Luke 9, 10, it was there. They could command fire to come. They only wanted permission. <laughs> Continue, sir. What did Jesus say? But he turned and rebuked them. Shut up. You do not know what manner of spirit you, you are of. Yours is different. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. And they went to another village. Before the Holy Ghost came, these guys didn't have patience at all. Have you forgotten when they came to arrest Christ? Peter was told by Christ they should all take sword. He didn't know. The man didn't say anything again. So if he says he takes sword, that means this is the time we have to use this sword. Today. Today, I will kill people. The rest of the guy just, I don't hide it. Just, Before they could say Jack, the guy's ears was dangling on the floor. Christ said, put that thing back. You realize, Christ said they should take sword. I didn't tell them what the sword was for. Please, when you're working with the master, don't assume conclusions of his instructions. Don't assume. Don't assume. I remember one time, one of our dear ones here came to the office and I said, I want to take coffee. And then, from, from the culture I know, when it comes to coffee, it's not Milo. Even Milo, Kralo, you don't know how I like the Milo. So what you do is that you boil the water, you make the coffee available, make the milk available, and uh, make the milk available and the sugar. Then you bring them. Then if I want 30 spoons in that small cup, it's left to me. But you preparing it for me, you don't know my taste. Oh, this is my dear sister. Prepare the thing for me. Pastor Stanley. One small cup, she put the coffee, like I think about four spoons. When the thing came, eh? <laughs> The coffee was saying that, yes, I'm here. <laughs> you will sleep for one week. <laughs> I said, no, my dear, no, no, you don't do that. You bring the water, bring the cup, bring the teaspoon, bring the sugar, bring the milk and the coffee. You present them. And I will decide to pick what I want. I get the whole idea. So that's what this guy did. Say, take salt. Say, I assume you wanted us to kill. So, Charlie, let me just start doing the work fast. Because there are many. If I start from here, from the phone, by the time it's morning, 
would have finished all of them. <laughs> they didn't have patience. But you know something? When the Holy Spirit came upon them, <laughs> when the Holy Ghost came upon them, people of God, they were filled with love for souls. They were ready to die for souls. Oh God, Holy Spirit, consume me. Consume us. Take over us. The next point, he fills the saint with compassion of Christ for the unrich. That's what we just talked about. So you can add on to it. The next point, he bets in the saint boldness to be a witness of Christ. He bets in the saint. People have got to remember that Peter was again, Brother Peter, at, 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 at by the fireside. One small girl said, Ah, bros, so you are part of Jesus. Is that me? Who? Who is Jesus? So that man said, I don't, I, what's his name? I have never met him before. Three times he was not bold enough to stand. <laughs> but by Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came upon Brother Peter, from verse number 14 to 44, gave message boldly stood there. You crucified him. But when he had spoken, they said, they said, our hearts, their hearts were pricked. They said, what shall we do, brethren? The same brother Peter. The same brother Peter. I was no longer afraid. And there's this other Dickin, Dickin Philip. How many know Dickin Philip? Oh, Dickin Philip? Dickin, you know, Dickin, not Dickin, I will call Dickin Philip. You know Dickin Philip? Let's go to Acts chapter 6 verse 5. Let's see something about Dickin Philip. I used to be very timid, people of God. I used to be very, very timid. I couldn't stand before people. When the Spirit of God came upon me, ah, oh Jesus. And they saying, and the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen. Sorry, let's make it Dickin, Dickin Stephen. Not, let's, not, let's forget about Dickin Philip for now. He's almost a flight. Let's focus on Dickin Stephen. A man what? Read with me. A man what? Full of faith and what the Holy Spirit. Let's let, next time we'll talk about Brother Philip and Procross and Nicano and all that. Now let's go to verse number so on Brother Philip alone, verse 8. So note down there, he said he was full of what faith and then the Holy Spirit. Look up, he said, and Stephen, full of faith and power, <laughs> did great wonders and signs among the people. Go to verse 10. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. <laughs> People of God, the whole of chapter 7. Brother Stephen summarized the entire Old Testament to the Gospels in one speech. Boldly in the face of persecution, boldly spoke to them. Verse 15, give me verse 15 of the same chapter. What does it say? And all who sat in the council, looking steadfastly at him, saw his face as the face of an angel. Oh, are you timid? Come on. That's not who you are. You are of the lion of the tribe of Judah. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, he stares you and says, Boldness. Boldness. Not fear, but boldness. 
second timothy chapter 1 verse 7 let's read the message let's read the amplified message and, sh- and i'll show you something there quickly oh we are not timid hallelujah say i'm not i'm not timid i am not timid i'm not fearful i am bold and all oh first second timothy sir second timothy 1 7 second timothy 1 7 second timothy 1 7 for god did not give us a spirit of what timidity of cowardice and of craving and cringing and frowning fear but he has given us a spirit of what shout it for me oh shout it for me oh shout it for me and this is say shout it for me he has given us the spirit of what power give us the that's it give us the message translation as well we'll be down shortly it's like the time is running hallelujah god doesn't want us to be shy with his gifts but what bold come on come on so the word power there sort of boldness you can stand before any man whether great or small and you can speak the mind of god to them why because you have been endued with power by the holy spirit one of the first things you realize when the Holy Ghost comes to a person is boldness. Boldness. You receive a balance. Hallelujah. I say, receive what? A balance. A balance. A balance. You are balanced. You stand there like you fear nobody. But you are shaking, you know? but the shaking is not you. <laughs> Something else is operating on the inside of you. Haven't you realized? I don't know if you've noticed the secular singers. You know, you know they take something before they stand on the, on the stage to sing. Because it's not easy. They smoke. Some of them will smoke. I don't come and say, you see them. Yo, it's not them. They have been endued with power from smoke. Yeah. Some of them too will drink. Some of them will take cocaine. They take drugs. Because it's not easy. You think it's easy? That you stand before people and they're all looking at you with all their problems. And they're still expecting you to perform. If you don't perform, you see what they'll do to you. Because they have paid. And they've come for entertainment. So they take something, then they come with some bone team say, sir, I you're not bad. And you shake the hand like that to be flowing. God. Hey, that guy is good though. It's not him. But for us, we don't smoke. The Holy Spirit comes upon us. And we are bold. And when you are bold, even when you are saying wrong things, they still believe you. Have you noticed that? When you are fearful, even when you are saying the right thing, they doubt you. Because you, you are not coordinated. But when you are bold, you are coordinated. Oh, can non fans say What you're saying, yes, him. But when you are saying the thing, no, they just believe you. No, no, what this guy say is very, very true. It's very, very true. But he just the guy doesn't know nothing. He's just bold. You know, can you open? I've seen gifted people rejected in place of power because they were they were timid and i've seen people who were less gifted but by boldness they got the place you go for an interview they ask you what's your name actually my father named me evans but we changed it and what happened that's what happened so what do you intend to offer to this guy if we employ you? And I, 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 I did my first degree. 
and accounting. I will make sure I count all the money for you. <laughs> and yet the guy has a first class distinction in masters. That's why when you go on masters, if I have a first degree, you start doing presentations. They are building your boldness and confidence. Because without it, you can have all the stuff but be rejected. So this is how the Holy Ghost comes upon you. <laughs> he fills you up. When you stand there and you are talking, Paul talks, uh, the, the, was it the emperor? So he said that, Paul, too much learning is killing you. <laughs> too much learning. No, one day I was writing a, um, a paper. B. No, we're doing a presentation in school recently. That was last year. I didn't finish my PowerPoint. I was supposed to do 10. I did 5. There was no conclusion. And I was supposed to present. So I started. I, 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 I couldn't finish, but this is what I have in mind. The professor said, that's a good thing. I don't know, but uh, I don't know what is happening here right now. But that is the end. So the rest of the things I said was not in the PowerPoint. I was just talking, 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 talking. All my times I stopped. Period. Boldness of the spirit. He gives that to you and I. So don't say to me, Pastor, I can't preach because I... I Go and load. Let him take over you. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Let's come to the weight. That was the aim. Let's come to the weight. Weight says, he opens us up. He opens us up to the truth in the truth to the same. So he opens up the truth in the truth to the same. So when you pick the Bible, all right, there are truths here. The Holy Spirit opens them up to you. People of God, when truth is opened up to you, you are set free. Number two, he enlightens you. Job 32, 8. There is a spirit in man, but the breath of the Almighty giveth him understanding. So when the Holy Ghost is working, you know, with the saints, he opens you up. In fact, he, I help us understand quoting that scripture. He teaches you. He teaches you. John says that you need no magic because what? You have, the, you have the anointing in you. He teaches you all things. He teaches you. I remember some years ago, when after I received the bath of the Holy Spirit, and my dad was having devotion with us, he was talking and I was writing. Then he realized that I was writing too much. And he picked, and that time my English was also good in terms of writing, but I can talk it, but my writing was not good. He picked my notebook and realized that I was hearing another voice. As he was talking, I was hearing the, the master who was talking to him, telling me more things Jesus was telling. I was writing. Be writing. Writing. He teaches. He teaches. One day I was reading my Bible. And I got to, I got to, um, I think I was, I was 13 then, or 12. And I got to the book of Samuel. And the Bible says, and every word that Samuel spoke never fell to the ground. Truth came to me. I said, Father, Whatever I say, let it not drop to the ground. Hallelujah. When I needed to understand divine healing, divine health, the Holy Spirit opened me up to truth. He set me free. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. My, in my undergrad, one of the courses, I was so sick. That particular year, I was so sick that particular course. For the first time in my entire life, I could not even write there. I was in tears. I said, where from this thing? So my professor arranged that I rewrite that paper. I, you know, they said they're going to use my continuous assessment. Later, they changed their mind. When we have finished the whole school, we have finished the school, no. Now, 
came down, we should go and do a, a, a paper in level 200. I said, you're going to do my assessment to finish it, whatever. What are you going to read? They came to announce, they said, go to the class, go and write the exam right now. What are you going to do? I remember the testimony of Papa Deboy. When he had to go and write an elective, elective mass exam. And they, they, they brought the dates into his classes, the crusade, he had to go and preach. So you look at crusade, look at the paper, crusade, paper. He went for the crusade. When he got back, his friends were like, hey, Enoch, so you were writing in the class. We were just writing. I'm sure you get an A. He said, yeah. <laughs> I was writing. Ah, ah, why are you behaving like you, you don't? But you were there, you were doing how you were writing and writing and writing. <laughs> he was not sure what was happening. When there was asking, he had an A. He was not in the class. His angel went to sit down to write. That was testimony number one. Testimony number two, I saw in Daniel that God could write. So I told the Holy, I said, Holy Ghost, you know that I can't go back and revise anything. And this is banking and finance. They are calculations. I can't. So you must do something. I'll write something to something. In cabinet investing. I wrote the paper. Personally, I knew. I wrote nonsense. I know. Roland, it was nonsense. Me, now when I read through, I'm like, this is nonsense. <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> Results came. I had an A. Nonsense. They give nonsense. I mean, now you know when you can write. You know when you write exam, you know you get an A. You will know, or oh, you will know. You know, you will know. I mean, don't, don't say that they gave you. You now you know that you didn't write anything. Sally, this is one of those I wrote. I know that definitions. I was writing something else. I said this is non far complete non far As Holy Spirit, I have put something down so you can see what we can do about this thing. I had an A. Truth. He opens up truth to you. He opens up truth to understand. So when you stand before anyone who is not born again, you know what to tell the person and to set the person free. Oh. He is the partner of the saints in the work of the ministry. He works the work of Christ while with the saint. He confirms the word of the Lord preached by the saint. The final one there, the true. He through the saint validates the truth of the resurrection of Christ by signs and wonders. You see, do you know why that we can't separate signs and wonders from the preaching of the gospel? Because you know something? When Christ when Christ rose from the grave and the news went out, the soldiers went to their bosses and said ah, that Charlie, the man rose up, a bright light we fell down and the man rose. Then they gave them money that we understand what you have said, but go ahead and tell people that the disciples came to steal him. So one of the confirmations of the resurrection of Christ is God confirming his word with signs. The signs and wonders are repetitions of what he was doing when he was alive. You understand what I'm saying? So when Christ is alive, he opened the eyes of the blind. He raised the dead. He turned water to wine. So if the disciples are still able to do what the man was doing when he was alive, it means he has risen. That is why we can't separate signs and wonders from the gospel. It's one of the proofs of the resurrection of Christ. That's a look at the book of Acts. Signs and wonders followed them. People of God, if we are not working signs and wonders, we are talking something else. Too much talk. Something that we talk too much. The person asks you, so why should I get born again? If you are born again, everything will be well with you. 
Say, I'm already well. What else? And you are there looking at him. But the signs and wonders. I know that your mother has been sick for the past seven years. She has stroke on the left side. How do you know? Much maybe your father died two years ago. Hey, hey. As I'm talking to you right now, you just made a business deal just on Tuesday. And you've not heard from the person. So you are afraid that you're losing money. Well, just to let you know that Christ knows you so much. Give your life to him. No, be a scripture. And I never scriptures. Okay, we are ICGC. And then the Lord works miracles through us in the name of Jesus. And it's by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. By the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. By the Holy Spirit. He will work signs and wonders through us. Can I get a very good amen to that one? I was told of a man who went to evangelize somewhere. He went to, um, oh, it is um, Reverend, um, Reverend Osborne. Osborne. They went to a crusade somewhere and they had done posters, but done, build a stage, you know, waiting to have the program. But you look like the people in the town were ready for any crusade. So they were praying. When they met this madman, that everybody in the town knows this guy is very mad. <laughs> they laid hands on this guy. Pah! The thing left. The guy became sane. The news went around. That's enough. People rushed him. No, sometimes it's not billboard, it's results. I want to charge us that you and I here, even just a few of us here, if we can allow the spirit of God to stir us up. And I'll end with something right now and then we'll go. I'm sorry for taking your time. And we give ourselves to the, the things that create the right atmosphere for the Holy Ghost to stay in us. Eh? <laughs> One, two, three. You know why the prophets have many people in their churches? People want to see. There are many Thomases in our generation. Not everybody is uh, waiting for apologetics. For some people... They need a sign then they will now forget the sign and now follow the sign giver it's human beings you, you can't say that you know we are giving you the word take the word they don't know what the word is talking about so what does the word do the word heals the word delivers the word raise the dead let's let the word raise the dead they will rush to that word but if you and i are talking but the working of the talk is not there. We are seen as liars. Oh, somebody here with me? The Lord is working signs through you. By his spirit. Now, what, what is my attitude towards the Holy Spirit? Number one, don't ignore him. What is my attitude towards the, towards the Holy Spirit? Number one, can you give me um, 10 minutes of your time? Are you okay with that? 10 minutes of your time. Attention, Mr. Neighbor, can you give Pastor 10 minutes? 10 minutes to finish up the word. Can, can you pass the 10 minutes? Have they, have they agreed? He said, don't ignore him. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, chapter 5, verse 19. Can we go there quickly? 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 19. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. Thank you, Lord. 
Do not quench the spirit. This is very strange. Ephesians 4.30 Ephesians 4 verse 30 Ephesians 4.30 What does it say? Ephesians 4.30 And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, to sometimes it says that do not, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. That means to make him unable to breathe. <laughs> do you understand? Epa, come, let's use my example. I won't kill you. Imagine I'm fighting with this man, I hold his neck and he cannot breathe. That's what the scripture is saying that do not grieve the Holy Spirit. That means don't, don't hold the Holy Spirit from, from, from breathing. <laughs> so, it means a lot of us are choking him. Can you imagine you choking God? Wow. Even devil can't do it. Even devil. That's why he's afraid of us. You can choke. Paul says, don't choke the Holy Ghost. Don't stifle him. Don't, don't refrain from breathing. He wants to feel free. But you have changed him. Changed him. God is full of humor. How can this all great God allow we flesh to be choking him? Holy Spirit, forgive me. Forgive me. It means that to suppress or to prevent, constrain. You forcefully bring to an end. So, ah, thank you, Spirit of God. Please, anytime there's worship here and we are done and you are taking over, whatever you're, any one of you, maybe after worship you're going to take over something, whatever, just all learn it. Don't just end the thing like, yeah. hallelujah, praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen, amen. Clap your hands and pray God. Chai, 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 chai. That thing, eh? that thing is very risky. No plane Commercial plane lands by force. Bam! There'll be a crash. Do you understand me? There must be a gentle landing. So the song has ended. They're still worshiping. Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Just keep blessing God. Keep blessing God. Magnify Him. Praise the name of Jesus. Father, we love you. We love you. Hallelujah. Oh, you think tones are not important on the altar? those of you married, when you are talking to your wife at night to do something, do you shout on her? You are looking at me. Are you looking at me? All these prayer brothers, they don't tell her to their wives when, when they are coming to talk to them in their something. Honey, lie down. She'll come and report it to us who would handle you. In the natural, you expect that for everything and the voice. You don't like to be shouted on. Do you like to be shouted on? How many of you like, I hear you love shouting. Pastor, I love when you shout on me. Keep shouting on me. Nobody loves it. When you are angry, there's a tone. When you are happy, there's a tone. When you're emotional, there's a tone. What makes you think that when it comes to the movings of the Spirit of God, there's no need for a tone? Hallelujah! Amen, amen. Jump around, jump around. Acknowledge him at all times. Keep fellowship with him. That's the attitude you have towards him. 
Keep fellowship with him. Second Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, love of God, and the koinonia of the Holy Spirit. Build us now forevermore. We must keep fellowship with him. And the last point under that one, be yielded to him. Be yielded to him. Be yielded to him. Be yielded. So let me repeat that quickly for those of you writing. The first one was don't ignore him. Number two, acknowledge him in all things. Number three, keep fellowship with him. And then the final point of that one is be yielded to him. Finally, how do you create the right atmosphere for the Holy Spirit? I just mentioned them. If God gives you an opportunity again to talk about this, I will elaborate on it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But are you blessed tonight? Are you blessed? Number one, how do you create? How do you and I create a right atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to operate in so we can constantly walk in a staring? Number one, obedience. Obedience. You see, I didn't start with uh, prayer and fasting. Obedience. Obedience. Obedience is the only way to avoid grieving the Spirit of God. Somebody shout obedience. Shout obedience. Shout obedience. Shout obedience. Shout obedience. Shout obedience. Say in the name of Jesus, I am obedient. Sometimes the Spirit of God just gives you little signals. When we ignore it by not obeying them, we grieve him. We create a wrong atmosphere around us. He's not comfortable. The comforter needs comfort around you. Else he will stay with you. He'll be there, but you know. I heard a man of God saying this afternoon. I, I stumbled on his message. One of these great prophets in our time. Um, he says that when you are, when a woman is pregnant in Chile, says, uh, um, okay, it's pregnant with a baby and the baby is not moving. They say that so he made an analogy that so the Holy Ghost can be with you. Holy Ghost with me and it's one thing for him to another thing for him to be active around you. So he's with you but passive. Obedience makes the Holy Ghost passive. He doesn't leave you. He's with you, but he's quiet. Those are sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes you feel like you were alone. It's like you can't just connect. There are times like that. When you feel such times, you have to ask him, at what point did I grieve you? At what point did I disobey you? Are you with me? So obedience. Obedience. Number two, prayer of fellowship. Prayer of fellowship. Prayer. Prayer. Number three, the fellowship of the word. The fellowship of the word. I went on a retreat recently and all I did in the retreat was I was fasting and reading my Bible. I intentionally went there to read my Bible. So I was fasting 
reading my Bible and I only pray like sometimes 10 minutes and I'll sleep. I could read my Bible for hours. You know something? Just reading my Bible in a fast, I could sense the Spirit of God was with me. So strong. Don't you ever think that only when you do kabata, yatatata, yantatata, yeah, sometimes yatatatata is even too noisy in his ears. That's why I said the fellowship of prayer. I heard a testimony of somebody that went to heaven, one man of God had an encounter in heaven. I think I've shared it before some time ago. That he said some of the things that supplies materials for your spiritual building is reading your Bible. So just reading your Bible supplies materials for your angels. Like heaven marks you for reading your Bible. Yay. Here they go. <laughs> Hello. Do you understand? That heaven marks you. There's a record for the Bible reading. Is <laughs> this some of you for the past three years? Zero, 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 sir. Say four, no, your F. Some of you too, E flat, E flat on the key. Like, then the report they've written, not in good standing. I heard a man of God, Dr. George, he said one day he was reading his Bible, reading, and he was feeling sleepy, so he dozed off. He just heard, he just felt somebody spank him by the head. His angel spank him, he said, Wake up, read your Bible. See, we trivialize so many things, but they count in heaven. Just read your Bible. Though. You didn't look for Rema, you're reading your Bible. That AC took your Bible, you're reading um, Psalm 1, verse 1. Wow. Hmm. Chapter 2. Hmm. Wow. Chapter 3. <laughs> chapter 4, chapter 5. Angels are marking. God is taking records of it. Sometimes you want to have concentration before you read your Bible, but that same time you read something on Facebook and Instagram and you understood it. The next thing is worship. Worship. These things create the right atmosphere for the Holy Spirit's presence. Obedience, prayer, fellowship, fellowship of the word, worship. The next one is fastings. And the final one, right talk so worship fastens right talk time is gone I would have explained to them but I'm trusting God that as you go back you listen or you read your notes the Lord will give us understanding how are you Since one o'clock, you must get this. 